Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Church podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I'm your producer, Isaiah. And I'm one of your hosts, Kevin. And today we have a special interview with Tyler Jacobs about reaching the homeless. Uh, Tyler, I'll introduce him real quick, is finishing up his third year as the pastoral resident at City Church here in Gainesville. Uh, and he is getting ready to go to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School for his Master's of Divinity. I think I said that all right. So, uh, welcome, Tyler. A lot Tyler. of divinity there. So. <laughs> yes. That's right. The more the better. You know? Yeah. So, welcome, Tyler. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, why don't you, first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit of your backstory, uh, and we'll get started there. Yeah, so I uh, came to Gainesville for school uh, about 10 years ago, actually, at the University of Florida. Same. Uh, that's Okay, yeah, yeah. So we're about the, the same age. So, yep. um, yeah, I actually became a Christian at UF in awesome. my senior year. Um, I, at that point, pretty much altered my entire kind of career path and obviously, like, vision for me where I was going with my life. And um, a lot of, I guess, my time at UF and how it developed was spent with crew actually campus ministry right um there and and then got soon involved in city church um as a member and was is the same church i've been a part of since since then so that's about six years ago um yeah and so since being at city church i kind of have i guess can explain how i got into ministry a little bit i uh, started to notice an interest i guess in in being more involved and connected to uh doing work for the gospel like yeah. full time. And so when I graduated, I decided to actually intern with both crew and city church to feel out uh, kind of a vocational calling that ended up moving into me being drawn more towards a local church and feeling out pastoral ministry and thinking that this is something that the Lord might be calling me to do long term. And so uh, the last two years I've been full time with city church as a pastoral resident, they call me it's kind of the second or third year, right? When you're, when you're there, yeah. you're resident. Um, but so then as there, one of my major areas of focus has been um, the outreach initiatives and community engagement that City Church does, sure. particularly in downtown, but uh, largely in the city overall. Um, and then uh, through that, the opportunity of just related to even the topic of this episode, serving people experiencing homelessness in the downtown area became something that was on our radar and maybe something that I could explore more deeply as a resident. And so that formed into starting a team that serves people in that, that demographic. Um, and overall myself, obviously that's a lot about my, my vocational side, but you know, loving my free time playing basketball, got a lot of friends, obviously that go to Alathea and yeah. um, a lot of friends actually play basketball with that are part of Alathea as well. So we got a crew going, which <laughs> yeah. is great. Um, but yeah, so overall the, the time in Gainesville is coming to a close, but I've been really grateful for my time here and what the Lord has done. And obviously this is, been you know um great opportunity to be on this podcast too and get to in full circle in a way yeah um, since Alathia is one of the first churches I, I experienced when i became a christian back then wow at full circle be here and and i guess be partnering with you all to kind of bring light to this issue so yeah yeah, yeah. no and and i love um you know uh getting connected with city church uh, uh 
I don't remember how long ago it was, many months ago, mm-hmm. uh, and getting to go to a seminar just was really uh, encouraged and challenged in that. And then seeing just opportunities to partner with y'all in downtown because you guys are so strategically placed to really do outreach there. And it's been really cool to see that and has spurred like wanted to talk about it more in this episode so that we can kind of give people a, a window into the opportunities there for sure. Yeah. Um, so before we dive into the topic, I will really quickly say for you listeners out there, um, as you guys listen to this, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at podcast at And we would love to continue this conversation or connect you, uh, if you are curious of how to, uh, maybe even, uh, serve with some of the opportunities, uh, that we will probably talk about with city church or, uh, however that looks and maybe ways to engage in your own communities, uh, wherever you may be at. Uh, cause we love, we love, 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 not just, talking about it here, but love talking with you uh, about the future opportunities that might be there that the Lord calls us to. Um, so again, podcast at alethegainsville.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So um, to start us off, I figured it would probably be a good idea to maybe start with some definitions and some biblical overview, just to really give us a good foundation for this topic of uh, trying to reach the homeless. So uh, I'll let Kevin ask the first question. Yeah. So, so Tyler, what, what kind of maybe like as the church and obviously as a as a pastoral resident underneath, you know, the the, the leadership at the at City Church, mm-hmm. um, what. What kind of just piqued your all's interest? What 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 motivated you guys just to to start this ministry to 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 want to help in in the first place? What what kind of motivated that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think somewhat we alluded to it. Uh, maybe it was a combination of both. Um, seeing the general calling, I think, in Scripture, um, in terms of God's people for caring for people that are on the margins or people who are maybe being considered the least of these, yeah. the poor being. Um, a big component of that, usually biblically, the general calling, seeing that more and more, but also then in our unique context, like you mentioned, um, I think really thinking about what it would look like for us to be more directly involved in uh, serving uh, people experiencing homelessness, since a lot of that demographic that we usually talk about when it comes to, say, the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the sojourner, uh, tend to overlap in the community of people experiencing homelessness. Um, And so in our sense, because we were downtown, and because um, even this unique need, I think, is more prevalent in downtown, most people who are experiencing homelessness tend to gather around downtown because of the the proximity of buildings and not being able to trans- travel as much yeah. and panhandling and things like that. Some resources Some as well. resources being yeah. available, right? That maybe the Lord was even calling us to be more intentionally involved with building relationships with people who are experiencing this. And in the past, as a church, we had um, been partnering with organizations, even financially, since we started that are doing a particular outreach, mainly materially, and giving resources to people who were on the street in downtown. But I think, especially since me coming into the role as pastoral resident and having a larger staff size even, and maybe uh, being more flexible in terms of how we can explore some things that maybe we couldn't do in the past with a smaller staff, one of the things that came up was what would it look like for us to um, invest more relationally in the lives of people who are on the street and maybe still give financially to organizations and provide materially, but how can we as a church with what we uniquely have with the gospel um, be um, involved in uh, meeting the needs of people experiencing homelessness and providing something that we believe ultimately is long-term what people most need, which is right. relationship with God and restoration with him. And um, Obviously, there are people that we interact with and have met that 
um, are Christians who are, who are living on the street and do believe the gospel, but, but a large majority are, are those that would say they don't believe. And so yeah. I think just evaluating a lot of those areas and thinking about like our local context, but also the larger um, call for the church overall to yeah. be for those who are weak and vulnerable. I think coming together was a thought of, oh, maybe this is a good time where we could explore actually like doing this more yeah. uh, often. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I love the, the term you brought up, uh, least of these, uh, which included the categories of, uh, was it widows, orphans, right. uh, sojourners, sojourners and the poor, the, the poor, poor right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a really good category to work off of. Yeah. And, and just as a, you know, it's the least of these as viewed by society, not necessarily like in any means, like the Lord does not view them as least as much as society does and the marginalized um, and those that need love. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of struggle in their life to have the church and others come alongside them. I think that's a, mm-hmm. a helpful term to kind of look going forward because, you know, mm-hmm. as we maybe frame it, you know, this general idea of homelessness, I think that's a really good way to look at the people who are usually in that category. Sure, for sure. Yep. Um, would you add anything to that? Or like, as you have a, maybe a perspective on who might be in these categories, um, do, do you think that about covers it? Or, or would you add any further definition there? No, I think it, that's actually, yeah, I think a good way to frame it. A lot of times it's called theologically the quartet of the vulnerable, if you've right. heard that term before. Yeah. Um, it shows up a lot in the Old Testament where God is, um, when he talks to the nation of Israel about um, you know, his relationship with them, and then even in particular their sin, you know, he brings up their treatment of these different people groups. Yeah. And so I think it's a great way to frame it in understanding homelessness. Um, and in particular, like as I mentioned, people who are experiencing homelessness tend to also have you know, a lot of uh, difficult pasts that either have come from families with widows or our orphans themselves. But I think even, even more so what we've experienced is I think what, what the, what scripture would generally identify as the poor, like those who are you know, more significantly materially disadvantaged um, in relationship to society, I think is what probably homelessness is in our day in a sense. Um, now, of course that can include even people in low income housing and right. people who are in low yeah. income status. That's totally encompassing the poor as well. But I think even, even the poor in more particular uh, maybe captures um, generally kind of the overlap in homelessness too. That that's that's kind of when the Bible is talking about that demographic. Probably the closest yeah. thing that looks like that in our age is maybe people who might be living on the street uh, right. who are, really have like very little uh, to their name in yeah. a material sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and now, would you say, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably a lot of statistics out there in you know different areas and whatnot. But as you've experienced in Gainesville so far, and you know, as we've gone out a little bit, um, how do you see the population maybe changing over time? Like, do you see it being pretty dynamic and like a lot of people who come and go or people who are just there temporarily, or do you find a lot of people who are maybe there for a really, really long time and just can't get out of it? Like generally, do you see like a, a consistency of those people or a lot of transition? Yeah. I, I'd say we do see a lot of transients in the sense that sure. the people who we're serving, interacting with um, could be people who are there for a solid maybe few months that we get to connect with right. and see them in the town. And then for another six months, they might not be there at all, might be gone, and then we'll see, see more people. But in the sense of, I think, like how long maybe someone we've experienced is staying in the condition of homelessness, 
that does seem to be, um, at least the demographic we're talking about, generally uh, a prolonged period of time that is, is a little bit, has reached more of a chronic level, I think, mm -hmm. in a sense, than just maybe like just a quick season. Um, but it is important to, to clarify that because when you are, like we've, we've experienced, you know, talking to people who are living on the street or someone who is um, experiencing homelessness, the range could vary widely in terms of right. uh, where they are in that experience. And yeah, it could be an instance in which they did have, let's say, uh, a job or a place to live and then that didn't go as well or they lost it and now they're in this period for a few months. And there are instances where someone gets back on their feet and maybe they go to a shelter, but then they're back in housing within the same year. But I think generally speaking, um, we've seen a lot of homelessness being driven by, I think, some more chronic uh, um, issues, especially in the areas of like substance addiction and um, you know abuse that generally can keep people trapped in this cycle of not having as much independence to be able to, let's say, go and, and find a job and keep it and, and be, um, you know, self-sufficient in some way, largely right. because of sometimes those addictions and stuff like yeah. that. So I think by and large, we do see trans it, that's definitely a key mark of um, homeless ministry is, is yeah. the dynamic transience yeah. and not even being too attached to people you might right, meet right. Um, or right. be offended if they are there one day and then, and then don't say goodbye. Don't say goodbye. Don't see them again exactly. for nine months right. or ever. Absolutely. Right. It's yeah. very different from maybe what we would experience in like just a local church context. Yeah, with absolutely. People that, yeah. it, so you, so you mentioned uh, substance abuse or addiction, maybe being one contributing factor to, yeah. to homelessness. What are, what are some of the other ones I, I think it would be important for people listening to maybe understand some of that just, you know, because Christians are called to thoughtfully kind of engage the world and, and think through that through this, I don't want people walking away thinking that everyone on the the street is, you know, suffering right. from sub substance abuse. Which I know that's not what you're saying. Right. But oh, for sure. What are, what are what are some other reasons that that you've seen? Maybe some at least the more common ones that you've mm -hmm. seen that tend to be. Well, and obviously, usually there's a number of factors too that right. that cause somewhere, but maybe some of like the bigger factors that more commonly mm -hmm. lead someone to get into this position where they're now experiencing homelessness. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, I think two things come to mind. One is the the uh, relationships and familiar relationships that often I think are broken or um, coming undone that lead someone out of like a very stable situation that they were in, but now is suddenly. Um, in a position where they're looking for housing and maybe they don't have as much of the resources educationally um, to immediately like be able to find a job and then get into housing. And so I think like a lot of the times we do meet people who have been um, uh, just recently with family and let's say in homes, but have been since, you know, because of a breakdown there, which can be related to substance abuse there as well, but it can also be a wide variety of things as right. well. Abuse, they either leave or they're kicked out. And then, you know, they're in this kind of scrambling area where they're trying to then figure out what's next. But also, I mean, even, even you think about mental illness as well yeah, is, is a huge uh, factor. Um, and even talking about it, you kind of get a burden of like just seeing the layers to uh, a person's life who is experiencing homelessness that very often, like you just said, there's a combination of like, relationship and familial um ostracization but then also mental illness but then also like substance abuse. Yeah, so absolutely. so i think yeah seeing even the mental illness side and realizing um very very often i think the uh ability and even willingness for someone to take the next step to potentially search for housing or, yeah. or look for resources is inhibited by um you know certain psychological factors yeah. that they doubt right. or question or fear 
that kind of keeps them in that cycle yeah. as well. Yeah. I know that when our church initially met downtown, when we first started gathering in Gainesville too, one of the things that, that I, I found with a number of the, the homeless that we came in contact with was the number of people that their entryway into homelessness, at least was um, medical debt. Mm. They just like got under, you know, they had a lot of health problems and just, it kind of, they didn't have healthcare. And so it just spiraled out of control. And so it's just important for you guys as listeners to understand that, that these are usually like really, really complicated mm-hmm. circumstances. And Tyler's going to get into this a little bit more of talking about how to engage um, people that are experiencing homelessness and how, how to reach out to them. But just remember that it's, it's usually a multi-layered, yeah. multifaceted kind of um, problem. And so yeah. Helping them is going to take a multifaceted, Absolutely, multi-layered yeah. a, a, approach to to hopefully see people's lives changed and transformed. Right. Yeah, so, sure. um, one other question I'll ask before maybe we talk about how we can help them, and, and this may seem like a pretty straightforward question, but I think it warrants talking about and maybe like challenging, uh, you know, believers in is, you know, why should we help uh, those who are in these places, like? Um, there are technically government systems. There's other things that have been set in place. So like what, what is the call of us as believers to maybe be intentional in this area uh, to actually think about, pray about, and maybe uh, give our time, talents, and treasures towards uh, in trying to reach and love and care for these people? Yeah, that's a really great question. Probably one of the most important ones that we would ask yeah. for sure from the church's perspective. Why, why are we compelled in a sense to serve um, I think getting more directly into I guess, the spiritual side, I think one simple reason is, is I think, the as you mentioned, about God's heart and his character yep. towards um, the, like I mentioned, the vulnerable, the weak, uh, the poor. I think there is like a logical, um, you know, sequence where you think, well, if, if as I'm growing in my relationship with this God and I'm worshiping him and I'm growing my love for him, um, I should be growing in my love for uh the things that he cares about and the things that he's drawn to and want to be conformed to the image of what he's like. And, and I think a lot of times, I think, of course, God's love and his compassion is seen and glorified in innumerable amount of ways throughout the world um, and in the church. But even in particular to, I think, serving people who are experiencing homelessness or people in this condition, I think there's a unique way, and this, which is probably largely why the Lord is drawn to um, uh this demographic is a unique way in which he's, I think, glorified through the service and the way in which we have compassion and grace towards people um, who are on the margins and experiencing homelessness who are poor. And I, and I think in a lot of ways you can see that as, you know, an excitement of, you know, uh, although there's a lot of difficulties in serving people who are maybe experiencing this, uh, in many ways the Lord and his power and, like, the restoration of the gospel is even just can be greater seen potentially, like you were saying, in someone's life who comes out of this situation because there are so many layers. But the more, in a sense, layers and difficulties there are, I think the more opportunity there could be for the grace of Jesus and cross to be um, seen and magnified. You know, when someone, maybe if they don't believe it, believes it, sees it, um, or maybe experiences the love of Christ through us and responds to that, um, even in the midst of what they're experiencing and the suffering they're going through can be a very powerful witness. And so I think in many ways, I think that the character of God aligning ourselves with that character as we worship him, the way in which he's glorified uniquely in this kind of ministry as well. Um, I mean, I also think, uh, you know, kind of working back on the gospel too, we talked about this in the least of these seminar that you're referring to, 
But I think when you mainly you can see the character of God mostly through Jesus, as we we would agree. And I think when you know we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus, we um, are wanting to emulate Him. But also, I think even seeing that we have we have in some way been in the same place as people who are experiencing homeless, maybe not in the material sense, but in a spiritual sense when it comes to our sin and how we've been alienated from God and brought back through um, Jesus's grace towards us. I think seeing more of, oh, in a sense, I guess I'm not totally too different from maybe someone who is in this situation. Maybe in a material way, I'm very different. I haven't been through their experiences, but in a spiritual sense, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, just in much need as God's grace and love right. as uh, they are, and so I think when we when we think about the gospel and we think about being shaped by it, um, I think it does have a call. You know, it compels us to uh, want to give ourselves and pour ourselves out in a way that Jesus poured Himself out for us on the cross. You know, and so to me, from a Christian standpoint, that's the unique maybe reason why. Mm. Christians should be engaged, even in comparison to maybe another religious organization. Yeah, um, you know, if that if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and and I, I love uh, you know when you think about the gospel, um, it is all inclusive to those who would hear it and receive it, and and I think that's what sets apart Christianity so well, in that that's not just for race and ethnicity, but like there's. Uh, other layers for like literally every sort of categorization of humans that we have, you know, like there's no limitation on socioeconomic level. And the reality is, uh, you know, cause as we talk about this, um, you know, some of these terms may be downputting at least culturally for us mm-hmm. when the reality is like, they are still people too. Mm-hmm. And they are the, they have the exact same spiritual needs that we do in needing Jesus. Right. And as like, I, as you said, 100%, like they, Definitely, we have different backgrounds, we have different stories, but at the end of the day, we can be connected through Christ and connected through our uh, collective need for a Savior, absolutely. Right, yeah. I mean, I'd also add that I think um, the uh, uniqueness of the church and like the resources I think we have to to yeah. be able to, to serve is important to think about as well. I think, yeah. of course, there are a lot of, I think the Lord is using organizations that are doing more material work and more sure. financial giving I mean, those are vital and, and significant. But in, in from a church's perspective as Christians, I think we, we have the relational component that um, maybe some other organizations and outreaches can't have right. in the sense that we have the love of Christ. We, we're able right. in some sense to, to, we should be, right? Ideally, of course, right. it's all ideal, right? We're obviously <laughs> right, all growing absolutely. in this. But it, yeah. the idea of like we're able to be, uh, to pour ourselves out, we're able to maybe right. endure conversations with someone that maybe someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit is not able to do, which often is required for this kind of ministry. Right. Um, but also spiritually, of course, too, like I mentioned about the the gospel is that we, we have that, that ultimate, um, you know, solution or the ultimate prize that even if sure I, I could serve and give materially to help this person, that's certainly important and needed, but that as we believe is going to fade away at the same time. And right. what's going to matter in the long term maybe is also like their spiritual well-being and salvation of their souls. And so I think the church is in a unique position to come alongside those other organizations um, and, and do things that maybe they aren't as equipped to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think this has been a really good uh, talk to kind of bring us to greater foundation and understanding of who we're reaching and why we're reaching them. And then I think that brings us into probably some of the biggest questions then of how do we reach them well? 
Um, Because I think a lot of people may have misconceptions or even trepidations over trying to do this. Um, Because, like, I know, like, with my background, you grew up and your parents like, oh, never give cash to someone, you know, and, like, you know, what does that look like and and whatnot. So I think uh, I, I might just start, you know, with a very broad question and then we'll go into it. But how do, how can we help those in this situation effectively? Yeah. I think one of the ways to see an example of this, I think looking at the ministry of Jesus is, um, good example trying. Yeah. Right. It's always, <laughs> always good to go back to Jesus, go yeah, back to the, the gospel. accounts. I think you see in his life, especially when he cared for people, maybe who are in similar conditions. I think you see a balance there between kind of a word and deed approach there. I mean, John chapter six, where Jesus is talking about himself as the bread of life, I think is one of the um, passages that we go back to as a team and remembering kind of, this is, this is what our, our heart posture this is very more heart level at first. I'll get to the practical in a second, but I think no, from the heart posture, I think finding a balance between as I'm trying to love someone who's experiencing homelessness, I'm striving to be um, both caring in word and deed. And which means kind of going back to John chapter six, you see Jesus on the one hand, he just finishes feeding the 4,000 or the 5,000 and, and provides physical food for people who are weary. But then right after that, you know, when they follow him on the boat and he crosses the sea and they're kind of, he says, you know, you're following me not because, um, you know, of, of my words, but because you ate your fill of the lows, right? And then he goes into actually sharing with them, well, let me actually share with you the true bread of life, like the true satisfaction that's going to that's going to get at maybe that emptiness that is causing these other areas of your life to spiral out of control. And so I think if you look at that, you can see kind of that balance as well in terms of how you would care for someone experiencing homelessness is when, when you're maybe approaching them, um, like anybody else, I, I, you would be thinking, hopefully, you know, there are um, physical needs that I would want to strive to meet, maybe based on the circumstances and my ability yeah. Um, but also at the same time, I'm like mindful of how can I at the same time show this person that I care about them more deeply than that. And I want to maybe be there as a, as a friend, as a presence a building relationship that hopefully can lead to in the long run, an opportunity for spiritual renewal if they don't yet believe the gospel. Um, but I think from a heart level, even starting there is like, it, depending on the certain situation, maybe you'll do more of, of word loving, you could say in that situation, maybe the person's opening up to you about their past and their sin and maybe guilt that they've experienced or, um, wrestling with doubt about God and, and where he is he in their situation. In which case, maybe a lot of your conversation with them is more emotional and relational and it's just sitting and and listening, um, and maybe sharing tidbits about how your faith in Jesus has affected that. Maybe sometimes you'll be doing more deed ministry where the person maybe isn't in the right place to want to get into that kind of deep conversation, but, uh, you could still be with them and providing a meal and and showing them that hey I'm I'm here I'm present and I see you so I think that is a helpful guide that we've used that we've found yeah. to be yeah it's 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 interesting that you bring up the Gospel of John we've been working through that book together as a as a church now since okay. the beginning of January and one of the things that as the primary communicator communicator on Sunday mornings that has been really really hard for me is not diving into just solely wanting to talk about exactly what Jesus is doing and thinking and how he's interacting but making sure I'm covering like the doctrinal thing I mean John's just so rich we could go through it for five years and not cover it all uh, but one of the things I've been taking staff through on Sunday uh, Monday mornings is, is working through like specific interactions that Jesus has even some that we've looked at on a, on the Sunday morning and, and trying to see like look more closely at the way that Jesus interacts. And it's interesting that you bring up John 6 there, because I think not only does Jesus give us a uh, kind of a blueprint, Mm -hmm. 
as you're sharing there on, on how to do ministry, um, he the, the interaction that he has with the disciples, I think also speaks really deeply to us as well. You know, the, the, the crowds are there, they're gathered, they've been listening to him teach and, you know, it's starting to get late and there's no food around and the disciples come to him and, and basically like, Hey Jesus, we got to do something about getting rid of these people. Like we right. don't have any food for them. Right. And, and Jesus's response is just so funny to me. He's just like, you feed them. And, and, you know, Jesus always has this like outstanding ability to be bothered by even like the simplest of cares of others. And I think, you know, this can work its way across any area of ministry that you may find yourself in, but I think probably uniquely, um, affects you guys and your ministry to those who are experiencing homeless downtown is, is, is really kind of having a mindset like Jesus of being willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of someone else. Because, and if you follow Jesus throughout the gospel of John and see the miracles that he performs and the things that he does, he's regularly inconvenienced by his own followers, those who aren't following him, et cetera. Um, but if we're going to model our, our our ministry after him, that really is something that we need to take yeah. seriously uh, as we approach things. And and so seeing you guys even think through talking through how to have conversations and how to engage them beyond just providing for the material, I think it's just such a, a, a beautiful kind of blueprint of displaying the compassion and the mercy and the grace that Christ lavishes upon all of yeah. us and what he's done for us. So maybe like maybe moving this in a a slightly different direction, but still trying to keep up with this idea of like, how do we effectively minister to those who are experiencing homelessness? Homelessness. How have you seen um, in your experience, maybe Christians doing more harm than good in ministering to those who are experiencing homeless? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there, this is something that um, if you're familiar with the book, when helping hurts, yeah. uh, the other companion yeah. to it is helping without hurting. One is more of the in line. The first one in line with your question, which is maybe in what ways have we helped that really has has been more harmful in the long term. The other one is more of a positive, like oh hey, but by the way, you can help without hurting, right? <laughs> they, yeah. they they kind of wrote after that. But yeah. I think in that in those books, they talk about uh, kind of the, I guess those those pitfalls you could fall in on either side. Where you, I think, from a, a Christian perspective, maybe one of the, the biggest areas is. You, you do maybe just help from a financial standpoint, material standpoint, and you forget that you do have other resources to offer maybe in this relationship with this person that are emotional, relational, and spiritual, like, like I just mentioned. And thinking that, you know, and I don't think, I'd love to think that Christians are not just, you know, throwing money out their car and then like never thinking about it right. again, right? But I think in a lot of ways, I think there is pressure in panhandling or you're on your way to work and you're encountered by someone or you don't have a lot of time because you have a next meeting to, I think, just focus on the, the, the financial giving and not think about how could I maybe come around the block like the next time and, and connect with this person personally and get to know them. Um, so that's not so much just uh, giving financially. But on the other pitfall, I think you could, you could fall into the idea as a Christian, which we've seen, where you are um, putting so much emphasis on, well, in the end, you could think, what this person most needs is the gospel. What this person most needs is forgiveness. They're they're in this condition because they've made poor choices and because of um, sin. And so what we really need is not so much to care about the physical, which there's lots of opportunities for people to get uh, and meet their physical needs around town. But what we really just need to do and focus on is preaching the gospel and, right. and just going about the spiritual all, all day long. And I think, of course, 
there's a lot of truth in that in terms of like why the person's in their condition and that we should focus on preaching the gospel. But at the same time, I think to just focus on that and forget about how someone in some sense has to be willing to listen to you before they listen to you in a sense, they have to be attracted maybe to, to why they should care about your message about Jesus. And a lot of times the, the, the financial or the uh, physical in terms of the food is a helpful way to show that, that I, I'm not just sharing with you because of a self-righteous perspective. I'm trying to just tell you what I believe and then go, but I am sharing with you because I care about you. And let me show that by how I meet your other holistic needs as well. So I think for Christians, sometimes being on either sides of that spectrum and that extreme, either caring, focusing too much on the financial and the material and then, or focusing too much on the spiritual and, and and disregarding the, the financial and the material, um, can I think be a way in which we're maybe doing more harm in the long term and maybe missing opportunity to when it comes to uh, people that we meet yeah. who are on the street. Um, yeah, and and yeah. I think uh, you know I think uh, something that a lot of believers can wrestle with in this is guilt. Uh, you know, and just like ah, you know, there's someone there. You know, I'm, you need to be a good Christian. Give them a little something, and like okay, you know, I've done my duty. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it can, becomes a very checkbox. You know, relieve my guilt kind of mentality when. Um, you know, I, I think in regards to that, the idea of trying as, as possible to have long-term engagement, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, you know, try to come back around the block and try to have more intentionality, right. you know, if, if you are in a rush and, um, it's a very convicting topic, uh, but I think a, a good one to challenge us and maybe, uh, you know, push us to, to strive for, you know, these are people who need love and care and like, how can we engage, um, beyond just one time if possible, or if we do have that one time, you know, like how can we be intentional to listen, to hear them out? Um, cause yeah, like a lot, as you've already said, you know, I think it's so important that they are people and they, they need people to listen to them and to, to talk with them and just allow them to be treated like a human right. as someone who, uh, needs love and ultimately can hear the gospel and, and receive the truth and help of Christ. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I would add that I think uh, as Christians, sometimes we underestimate the power of presence as you're saying yeah. and the power of just being present and maybe putting a lot of pressure on um, how I'm interacting and am I saying the right thing and, yeah. and you know, what is, what's going to come out of this situation? How, how uncomfortable might it be? And of course there's a lot of wisdom to exercise. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where, maybe you're unsafe or it, it is, you know, maybe not as appropriate for you to be having the conversation with someone on the street. But at the same time, I think, yeah, sometimes maybe we could put too much emphasis on ourselves and what we need to say and do and, and forget the power of just being um, present with people. I also think what Kevin mentioned about um, underestimating the layers of someone's past, I think yeah. can sometimes be off-putting because I think if you're starting to engage with anybody experiencing homelessness, you'll soon maybe realizing could be overwhelmed by the amount that they share about their mm-hmm. life and their situation. And maybe for people like us who like are having conversations about ministry a lot or like meeting with people as a job for this, we're a little bit more used to those kind of conversations. But I think oftentimes for a lot of Christians, that can be a deterrent to maybe yeah. from what I've experienced, what people have told me that keeps people from engaging is they, they, when they do, they feel like the amount that's going on in this person's life is overwhelming and, and a lot and I think to your point, it's like, well, that is true. And in one sense, the Lord is still able to help and provide in that situation. But also, there, it's a long-term process, potentially. Like, I'm not 
to see myself as potentially this person's end all be all one stop shop for all the issues maybe in their life or even um, their salvation itself. And so I think, like you said, seeing it as a multi layered situation and that it will be, will have complexity to it and not underestimating that can I think help uh, maybe encourage Christians to expect that when they're coming into serving in this ministry and be more comfortable when it does happen and when people share right. a lot of tough things that they're going through. Yeah. So uh, one thing I, I've loved is, you know, I've gotten to know you a little bit better and, you know, really process through homeless ministry uh, is just seeing uh, the steps that your church with City Church has taken to um, just have opportunities to reach out to, uh, I, I love that you, you know, you refer to them as neighbors cause they are people, they are your neighbors. And I love that, uh, terminology to be, uh, caring and more thoughtful. Um, and then having, uh, even like the office hours intentionally so people can stop in and just talk and, and have more presence and time just to process and think through stuff I think is really, really valuable. Um, so as, as you guys have engaged in this uh, intentionality and doing this ministry, um, how have you seen uh, just this opportunity and this, uh, you know, being the hands and feet of Christ um, just affect volunteers in positive and, or maybe even in negative ways, you know, in the challenge uh, of that and in, in the joy of that as well? Yeah, I think... Um some of the key ways in a spiritual, from a spiritual sense has been, um, I think ultimately drawing us closer to the Lord. I think you could say as simply as that's put, but I think in, in a lot of ways, opening our eyes to the grace that Jesus has extended us and seeing, I think like the similarities between, like I mentioned, while we are not physically maybe able to relate in a lot of ways to people who are experiencing homelessness or the suffering that we're talking about, um, in a larger sense, I think when we when we do when I, we have interacted with and and learn from people that are living on the street, we see, in a sense, not only that the Lord has a heart for these people and also is um, seeing them just as much as He sees us, but two that there's I think a sense of um, in which we we identify with them from a spiritual sense and, and have grown more in understanding. Yeah, I guess apart from Christ, this maybe is kind of what the Lord sees me as you know i think of that zechariah 3 passage where um joshua is like before the lord and satan is accusing him and he's clothed in like dirty garments and uh then you know the lord tells the angel to like put clean garments on him and it's symbolic of in a sense he says later on that he is going to take away the sin you know, of israel in one day it's symbolic of the sense that well you know because of our sinfulness we are kind of we're, we're uh, that's what in an image we are like before God. And I think doing this kind of ministry, as heavy as this may sound, I think it's opened our eyes to like the depths of how the Lord has loved us as Christians and how gracious he has been in, in, in Jesus. Um, and I think seeing that that's, that's a, a way in which we are furthering and living out the gospel is by doing this ministry as well. Um, yeah. I think also uh, there's a level of gratitude too for our position, I think as volunteers and maybe even the ways in which we've been graciously loved by the Lord and our material upbringing and our background that we, I think personally for me, I did not have as much of a uh, thankfulness for before I started to do this ministry. And it's, again, it's not to say that um, 
people who are coming up from different backgrounds who are less financially advantaged are less human in any sort of way. But in the sense of like, I think growing up, you're kind of around people a lot. At least I was in more of like a middle-class American sense that um, are privileged and have things. And then like, I think going into the streets and talking to people and seeing the disparity, I think has increased in some sense of gratefulness too for um, what we've been given. And seeing that in a sense, that's all by God's grace. I didn't earn um, this. I think hearing even people's experiences and how much their situation has affected by um, what they grew up with, whether that was like an abusive home or if it was like we mentioned a lot of the um, other substance addictions and that being a very part of their life, thinking like, yeah, I guess if, if I was maybe in that situation growing up and not in the one that I was in, maybe my life would be very different. And maybe, maybe I would be um, someone who like personally was experiencing homelessness or there was more likelihood that I was. And so I think, yeah, seeing, seeing that, oh, that's, that's all the Lord's grace. And there's a level of like needing to be grateful for that, but also to uh, humility still in the midst of that, that um, uh, being humbled out of, I think meeting the people on the street, talking to people experiencing homelessness, there's a sense, especially when we talk to Christians, but even in general, I think there's a, um, uh, there's something to learn, I think, from people who are in that, that situation as well, that maybe from our standpoint, it's like we're the ones coming in with something that we want to give them. But very often we end up being encouraged and edified by what they share about either how the Lord is helping them through their situation or um, what they're learning about God in the midst of what they're struggling with. And so I think, yeah, often you think this is a ministry I'm doing for other people, but being involved in it has in a lot of ways uh, humbled us because we've seen how the Lord can still very much be a part of someone's life uh, who's in this situation in ways that maybe he wouldn't have expected. So, Absolutely. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for what you've um, shared with us so far. I think it's going to be super helpful for anyone that's, that's able to listen. We want to honor your time, but maybe if you just had anything maybe that you would want to close with that you thought might encourage believers who might be considering um, serving in uh, a ministry that, that reaches the homeless, or maybe they're even thinking about something they could start in their own city where they might live or, or, or thinking about just, you know, maybe even thinking differently about how they might approach a panhandler. Yeah. Um, but what would you, how, how would you want to leave them today encouraged to, to consider kind of what God's call on them might be and how they can kind of answer that, but not be overwhelmed by it at the same time? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Uh, let's see if I can maybe go through a list of things in relationship to that. I think, um, one thing to think about is I think we talked about like local context when it comes to the least of these and then how that relates to homelessness. I think in downtown city church being in downtown, that seemed to be more of a thoughtful connection of maybe this is an area where God could be calling me or calling us right. to just participate in. So I think in some sense reflecting over, okay, like what in my context or my local church, if I'm a part of one, or even if I'm not a part of a local church, but I am a Christian, I'm in, living in this part of the city. What would it look like um, for me to be, caring for the vulnerable and the weak in that specific context that might, might include people experiencing homelessness, but it could also be broader than that. Um, but also I think for, if, if you are in some sense thinking about serving people experiencing homelessness specifically, um, you know, I think expecting and embracing challenges that would come with that right. is a, is a big tip and important to keep in mind that, um, that's there, there's multi layers as we talked about to what someone's experiencing and, you know, we shouldn't, 
necessarily be surprised if we're engaging and trying to love people well. And it comes with um, hard conversations or it comes with challenges. Um, I mentioned before, if you're also thinking about, you know, how do I interact with someone just practically? Um, I mentioned being present and being empathetic, that so much yeah. of interaction with um, people is based on empathy and based on listening. Uh, it's not so much based on like what I'm sharing or anything like that. But I think we found like any, any other human being uh, that, that that's a way in which you demonstrate love and care for someone is by having an open ear and um, showing them that I'm not really here maybe to, to tell you per se what to do next. And maybe if you asked me, I would be, but in a general sense, I'm just here to, to, to befriend you and, and along that process as your friend, maybe I do want to be a part of helping you in your situation. Um, But I think, the empathy and the presence uh, does kind of cut down a lot of those barriers. I think sometimes that when you're meeting someone on the street, you don't know them. They're a stranger. Uh, you have a lot of guards up. They have a lot of guards up. And so I think, um, you know, looking past the, 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 just the things that you want to tell them potentially, or questions you want to ask, uh, maybe if we found it helpful to focus on the, uh, the person, their story, how they got to Gainesville, for example, why they're here, um, try to build a relationship um, yeah. And I, and I, I do think in, you know, regards to, like you mentioned, like panhandling and someone just practically that you might come across, um, you know, getting names of people is very significant you know, in any kind of relationship, but I think that's a very dignifying thing yeah. in terms, terms of learning their name. And then next time you see them being able to call them by their name and, and that's almost an immediate, uh, way in which you're showing them that, you know, I, I know you, I've seen you. Um, eye contact is obviously very significant as well. I think even if you're on the street or panhandling, you might be, are used to people overlooking you or for a lot of reasons, maybe it's for a good reason or a bad reason, but you are avoided in some sense because it's an un- kind of an uncomfortable situation. And so I think eye contact and, um, you know, l- looking at someone and being there can, can go a long way to show them that I'm not totally out unfazed by, you know, what you're going through. And I, I get it. I relate to it in some capacity and I want, to still uh, be here to love and care for you. So even just on a very practical level, I think those are some things that can be really helpful. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and one thing I'll just add that I think was really helpful for me, you know, initially thinking through this is um, like we are the church as a whole and, you know, we don't have to do things individually. Um, you know, there are definitely individual elements in this, but, you know, we we have local bodies for a reason to, uh, be equipped to understand, to engage. Cause I think one of the cool things for me, you know, coming alongside you guys with city church, you know, cause you guys are in a better place to do that. And, and as the Lord has, you know, maybe placed it on my heart and, and several others hearts, um, to serve in this way, we could try to just do something on our own and like individually, but mm-hmm. there's a beauty in saying like, okay, you guys ha- understand this area a little bit better. How can we come alongside you? Yeah. How can we learn? How can we, uh, better serve and, you know, understand and walk as, as the body of Christ, you right. know, together. And I think there's a beauty in uh, seeing us taking our different skills to walk forward in that. Uh, Cause like I was astonished as I like learned all the different, like there are multiple ministries, multiple resources in downtown in that yeah. area. And I, I know Gainesville is unique in that way. And like, not everywhere is going to be like that. Um, but it is really interesting to see that and say like, okay, so how can I better serve through, you know, these relationships Absolutely. of ministries and uh, services that are provided? 
I think has been really, really helpful in that regard. So that, you know, it it may seem intimidating wherever you're at, uh, but to know that, um, you know, a good first step is to, you know, reach out to your pastor or, you know, people in your local congregation um, and then take that as a first step. And, uh, you know, as I said at the beginning, email us at podcast.alethegainswell.com and and we'd love to continue this conversation maybe uh, about some ideas or if you're in the local area, as I know many of you are, um, you know, I, we'd be happy to connect you to some of the things we've been doing, um, and love to see you partner and serve alongside of us as, as you feel that calling and the Lord putting it on your heart. So, um, any last words? I would, I would just say, you know, if this is, if you're, if you're, if you're like me and you're a reader, you're going to need a little bit more info before you're going to dive into something. Uh, Tyler mentioned the book when helping hurts earlier. It's by Steve Corbett and Brian Fickert. Highly recommend grabbing that book and, and reading it. And then, uh, there's a book on, uh, it's going to sound like I'm, it's ridiculous that I'm recommending this book, but I promise it, it, it 100% goes to this topic. It's by a, a Catholic priest named Henry Nowen called, uh, Christian leadership. Uh, and his story is one where he was an academic. He, he had it all. Um, he had notoriety. He was, he was well known in Catholic circles for, um, what he was doing. And the Lord called him to give all that up and go serve, um, the a, a different group of marginalized people, but those that um, suffer mental uh, deficiencies uh, such as Down syndrome and and other um, uh, mental deficiencies, and so uh, that book describes so well how to engage from from a Christian perspective uh, the heart of Christ. And, and loving Lisa's, and especially you know when Tyler was mentioning earlier, uh, just some of the ways that he's seen this ministry impact the the Christian volunteers that come alongside him uh, at City Church. Um, just a lot of things that that is that are shared in that book that I think might be helpful as well. So would recommend both those resources to people if if they're interested. Yeah, and and another resource been helpful for me is. Um, Generous Justice by Tim Keller, I yeah. think, is another, if you're looking for even more of like a theological overview of, like we got talked a little about, like why should the church be thinking about engaging in these issues, I think um, Keller does a good job of, of explaining it from a real gospel-centered perspective. Uh, but I mean, too, like Josh, your point, I think if someone is listening to this and they're interested in being a part of this kind of outreach, I think you're recognizing that that there might be different seasons of life in which their involvement could look different, right. too. I know that, you know, if you... Uh, we try to make an emphasis that if, let's say, you're a parent with kids and, and volunteering in a consistent way to like an outreach is not as possible in your schedule, right. you can look at other ways in which you might be able to give financially or give materially in instances. And so we have opportunities in our church to give clothing donations and food for that reason, because I think it right. can vary based on your season of life in yeah, terms absolutely. of maybe what the Lord is wanting to do. And then also recognizing that you're part of, like you mentioned, a larger, not only just network of um the church, but then also like other organizations that are probably exist in your city or part of town that um, you could talk to and reach out to and think about right. what could ways in which I could come alongside these organizations to not necessarily do what they're doing per se, but like maybe add something, especially yeah. from a Christian perspective, to caring for people experiencing homelessness in your part of town or your city. Um, so, you know, the internet is a great thing in terms of being <laughs> able to find those resources, but also, right. like you said, emailing you. And of course, it goes without saying, but I'm available to. Um, if someone emails the podcast yeah. to continue talking about this offline as well as much yeah. as people want to. 
yeah, we can put you in touch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time just to really process through this. I know uh, you're getting ready to head out of Gainesville, so I got glad we got to get you in person before that uh, transition happens. So uh, it's been uh, really encouraging and uh, hopefully uh, convicting for all of our listeners. Uh, and so uh, we just uh, encourage you all to, um, you know, if this has impacted you and you felt like it was uh, something worthwhile, uh, please share it with others so that they can learn to um, this is a, a call and a need for all of us as believers to really uh, consider, pray about, and uh, just move forward. And so, um, as always, thanks for listening, uh, and we encourage you all to go and be the church. What is third year as the pastoral resident? I say a short-term memory. It's not great. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> That's why the um, early days of him well, we using notes. our tagline on the way into the podcast. You it, listeners never notice it, but there's usually quite a bit of laughing because he'd butcher it, it terribly, oh, even yeah. though it was even written like right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, we had to do a couple takes. Uh, <laughs> that was back when Theo was on the podcast. Yeah, as the store resident. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Church podcast, where we are engaging in everyday conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I'm your producer, Isaiah. You gotta redo that. I, I just said everyday <laughs> twice. It's fine. It's the one word I always... What did I say he was gonna do? Yeah, I'm glad he, I'm glad I he just, did it for you. you it, that would have been totally fine if you had let I it go. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> the enthusiasm of that intro is like... Uh, yeah, I know. I, it's I'm just so glad you did that. It's one yeah, word. <laughs> you could have let it go. Just saying. <laughs> Alas, this is, this happens regularly, so we're gonna. It's been a while. I mean, that's what it has. It has, it has that's been a while. Stop and start buttons. If you weren't <laughs> reading it, you wouldn't have even noticed. I definitely noticed it uh, literally immediately. <laughs> I wrote that tagline for you, so I know. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat>